Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right. All right. After a failed fat-fingered attempt the first time, we are live. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are Whiskey and Wonder, a podcast where we review whiskey and teach the other person something that has made us wonder. Absolutely. I'm Tyler. And I'm Megan. And together we are one Whiskey and Wonder. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so we're going to jump right into it today. Uh, we're going to start with the announcements. Uh, I have a, a public service announcement for everybody. The Braves won the freaking World Series. If you can't tell, go on YouTube. I am decked out in Braves gear. I didn't think about doing this until I went into my room to put my dog away. And I was like, oh, yeah, my hat. I should wear my hat. And I, Oh, no, I should throw a jersey on. <laughs> so celebration time. Congratulations uh, to yes, your team. Yes, we got lucky enough to we got <laughs> we got lucky enough to get hot at the right moment at the right time of the year. So I am thrilled. I was around to see the one in 95, but I was two, so I don't know if you really want to count that. Probably not. Yeah. Um other than that announcement, we just wanted to uh, let everybody know we do have the end of year poll up for the eight whiskeys. Uh, you can go and vote between now and um, do we remember what date that was in December? Not off the top of my head. December 12th. It will close on December 12th. Um, so you you have between now and then to go vote. It's, the poll is right on the homepage, whiskeyandwonder.com. And it's got every whiskey we've done that we are able to purchase again, again, um, entirely in 2020. Or I'm sorry, in 2021, from January through last week's episode, or two weeks ago, since we didn't have an episode last week. Yep. Uh, so go vote on that. We are going to blind taste test those, and yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys are choosing the eight that we blind taste test. So. Go vote, and we'll uh, we'll uh, announce the winners. Well, I guess we won't announce the winners since it's going to be blind. So yeah. I've not looked. Megan doesn't even know I how don't know to look, how. and I have to show Shelby how to look, and she's going to be our bartender and make sure it's blind, and we're going to review these whiskeys or re-rate them or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Drink them. We, we're going to end up drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially is the moral to take away from that. Um, other than that, same old, same old, we've got a couple stickers left. We've got glassware. Uh, you can find those at whiskeywonder.com on the store tab. Um, I know I've plugged the website already, so I'm not going to do that one again. Um, but you can find us on YouTube, which I would highly, highly recommend everybody do, uh, go check me out in my Braves garb and see a tight fitting Jersey on a fat person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And a hat on a big, big head. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, go check us out on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash whiskey and wonder. We're on Instagram at whiskey podcast. And truth be told, we've been failing so badly at that. So social media is hard. Yes, it is. Especially when you just don't believe in it necessarily. I think it's a good thing. Anyway, yep. So social media, we're going to. Pretend we're going to pretend <laughs> to try to get better. <laughs> uh, if you want to support us, 
Uh, like, subscribe, review us, rate us. It goes a long way to everybody that does. We appreciate it. Um, For sure. You, Thank you, guys. If you want to support us financially, you can donate. Uh, Patreon.com slash Whiskey and Wonder or PayPal.me slash Whiskey and Wonder. All this stuff will be in the show notes along with other ways you can get a hold of us. Uh, and I think the last one I want to mention is contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. If you want to send us anything, shoot us an email. Tell us you liked it. Tell us you hated it. Tell us you liked the whiskey. Tell us you hated the whiskey. Tell us a topic you want us to do. Anything. Yeah, literally we, anything. We've not been getting much mail lately, and it's... Uh, Depressing. Yeah, it's... We did. We, we do have a mailbag this week. We got We got some mail this week, but it's been the first time in like... A while. A month, a month yeah. and a half. So we I need guess. a sad violin song. Yes. <laughs> yes. The saddest smallest world's world smallest, smallest violin. violin. Yep. Uh, and uh just again, everybody, thank you all for the support, for the donations, for everything that you guys do. You help make this possible. So we're for sure, uh, guys. We're about to use those to stock up for this blind taste test yep yep so we'll go ahead and move on the open segment uh well i might have put the cart in front of the horse as far as my open segment i thought you were going to talk about the braves (laughs) during now and not Oh, no, it's the Braves (laughs) priority number one out of this entire show for me. (laughs) Okay, well, congratulations to your Braves. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I take full credit for their World Series win. Uh, Okay. I seriously, I watched every game up until May Mm -hmm. when I died and all that crap happened. Oh, God. Um, they were struggling hard. They couldn't even get above 500. And then I stopped watching. And I kind of had the realization that there's more to life than sitting at home watching the Braves every night. And so I stopped watching and lo and behold, the they got better. I seriously didn't, didn't really even check much on them until I knew the playoffs were coming up and I, you know, beginning of August and I looked, I was like, Oh my God, these guys, I, I heard that they were on a 10 game win streak at one point. And I was like, well, you know, let me go look. And they were nine games up in the division. I was like, Oh my God, these guys might do it. Maybe I need to continue not watching. <laughs> so I, I occasionally watched a couple of games. I really did. No lie. Um, I think I'm going to watch three games between the beginning of August and the playoffs and they lost all three games. And so (laughs) I was literally like, I'm just not going to watch. That is the best thing for the, for the team. Did you watch the world series? Oh yeah. Okay. I I watched the playoffs, but I, the going in, I, I was just very superstitious that anytime I watched, they were going to lose and they, they managed to throw off my curse. So (laughs) Um, so you can watch again next next season. Uh, TBD. Okay. We'll see how it goes for about the first month. Okay. But I, I truthfully, I did take away from my uh, near death or death experience you're, you're, that you're dying. I probably am not going to watch every game. There's there's just more to life than that. Well, and, good for you. Yep. So uh, the other thing that 
has really happened. Uh, I might have touched on this last episode. We redid a bathroom that Sunday, and it's come out very nice. I'm very it looks proud very of it. nice. I really like it. Um, I'm gonna paint this color into uh, the other bedroom this week. I'm obsessing over paint right now. I want. I don't know. I'm having fun painting, which I never in a million years thought I would say. Um, the other thing is Shelby and I went to the Martinsville race last Sunday, which is why we were not able to record. We couldn't find a time that Megan and I could actually meet and get could, together. Yeah. Because both of our schedules are basically opposite except for Sunday evenings. Yep. So unfortunately I was driving back from Virginia, but it was a great race. Shelby had a blast. It was her first NASCAR race and I introduced her and did she actually enjoy it? She loved it. She's, she's definitely torn on whether she enjoys watching it in person or on TV because it's more of an experience to go to the race, but it's more convenient and informative and you see everything. You see, It goes both ways. If you're new to the sport like Shelby is. I mean, it's like baseball there. It's different watching it. At the field than yes. on the TV. Yes, it is. If For someone like me, I find TV to be a very, it's convenient. It shows me the main things that are happening. But if I'm at the racetrack, I know what to watch to know right before they're, like, they might be about to wreck in 25th spot and TV showing you second. And I know that, oh, these guys are three wide at a track that can barely fit three cars wide. They're probably about to wreck. Let me watch that, you know? <laughs> anyway. Uh, sounds so boring. But I'm glad Shelby had fun, and I'm glad you had fun. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was great. Um, we appreciate everybody for uh, allowing us to do that. Yeah. Letting, you know, not coming after us with a mouthful of pitchforks. How dare you not do an episode? Yes, we appreciate yeah. you guys. Thank you guys. Being relaxed about that. Yes, hopefully uh, it will be very few and far between. Yes. Where we have no episode for the week, but when it does happen, we appreciate you guys being chill. Absolutely. And an another minor announcement, I guess, for me is I have officially gone to one day a week at the bar. Oh. I am, I am working only Friday nights now, uh, which right. gives me... My Saturday's free with the exception of, you know, the odd time they need coverage and they ask me ahead of time or it's either very last minute. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yep. So. That'll give you a lot more freedom. I'm yes, sure. It will. it will. I'm, I'm excited for it. So. Nate. Nate. How about you? What's been on your week? I felt like um, I dominated. That That's okay. So um, my weeks normally are boring, but, um. I, I need to shout out um, Houston. Uh, those of you guys who are just first-time listeners, Houston is my life partner. Uh. <laughs> and anybody that's uh, a first-time listener, that is a long-running kind of halfway joke. Yeah, joke thing. Um, Houston hates that I call, call him that. <laughs> um, I think his quote after that, came out was you have literally never said that before about me in your life <laughs> now it's all i say um i need to shout him out a little bit because i have been 
obsessed with these stuffed animals called squishmallows for a couple months now. Um, and they're very, very hard to find in store. Um, like there's an entire subreddit dedicated to like finding them um, because they you can't order them online or there's a very, very limited stock online and all the cool ones are only in store. Um, Where they do you don't. buy them or do you not want to? Put that out there. Oh, uh, they get stocked at Walgreens, CVS, Target, Walmart, um, Books a Million. Sounds like the next Funko Pop. They're kind of like Funko Pop collecting, I guess. Yeah, makes makes sense. Um, but they are these like super squishy, the softest, most wonderful to hug thing you've ever put your hands on. And I've been wanting one and I have been squishmallow hunting um on my own free time here and there when I like have time and I see a Walgreens I like pop in and run around and check and then leave. Well on um It's like a scavenger hunt. Exactly. It's actually really fun to try to find them. Um but I was like I, I've been desperately wanting one. Um and there's a, sp- a specific one I want. Uh, or wanted that is an Australian Shepherd. Uh, I am obsessed with Australian Shepherds, which is Tyler's dog. Uh, and they are just the most amazing breed. Um, and I want it to be my next dog breed. Um, but there is a 20-inch Australian Shepherd Squishmallow that is exclusive to Target. And... Houston literally drove around with me for hours um on monday to find me this particular squish so how many targets did you end up going to we went so originally i was just looking for any squish mallow so we only ended up going to three targets um but we went to marshall's we went to a couple Walmarts, we went to Walgreens, CVS. We went all over the place looking for them. And then finally, like at the end of the day, I was like, man, I really, this sucks. We didn't find any. I really wanted this one. Um, and people will like buy them and then resell them on eBay for like exuberant prices. So the one I wanted was on eBay for $110. And Houston was like, no, <laughs> which I mean, fair. It's a stuffed animal. Um, and he decided that, okay, we would go keep looking. And, uh, we ended up going somehow, um, we, uh, through Reddit, I found the like target VIN number thing that they're under. Um, and we were able to like go up to a target employee and like give them this number and they were able to tell us that they have one in the back and go and get it. And now I'm the Damn. owner of an Aussie Squishmallow and what? Houston spent hours with me driving around the town just looking for these things. Which target was it? I'm I'm curious. What part of town was it in? The one off Sam Fur Road in Huntersville. Ooh, bougie. Yeah. Yeah. Schwanky. Yeah. Good area. Um, but it is huge and it now lives on our bed. I'm sure Houston isn't super excited about that. Um, but his name is Raylor and he is 
amazing. And he looks like this. Oh, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> it's like a giant squishy pillow. Yeah, I was expecting like a giant stuffed animal dog. Yeah. Not a not a hamster looking thing. <laughs> and I expected it to look like Bo as a try. I didn't expect a Merle. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's my own personal bias yes. there. So But it's huge and I love it and uh it now sleeps with me every night. Well, I'm glad you found one. Yes. Houston, it sounds like you earned yourself a Tall, tall drink that day. <laughs> um, anything else happen? Anything fun? Exciting? Um, my birthday is in two weeks, so that's exciting. Yes, yes, um, it is. Other than that, no. Nothing. Okay. Well, I guess on that note, then, we're going to just move it right along. Opening the bottle. You guys think I would have it down by now, but I got it without messing up this time. I just had to pause. <laughs> hey, that's better than messing up. Um, so this is one of the whiskeys that Tyler brought back from vacation. Yes. Um, do you want to tell them how you know about this whiskey? All right. Yes. And... Um, Funnily enough, this is going to have a, the vacation is going to be a little bit of a theme in, in today's podcast, today's episode. Um, so this is Willie's Distillery, uh, Bighorn Bourbon, Willie's Bighorn Bourbon out of Enos, Montana. And it is spelled E-N-N-I-S, just like penis without the P added an extra N. <laughs> in. Um, it's like, okay. Sorry, I, I don't know. That's what I thought of. Anyway, so I have actually had this before. And shout out to the great folks at Bighorn Bourbon. Uh, I'm sorry, at Bighorn, at Willie's Distillery that make Bighorn Bourbon. Um, so my, I mentioned the bar earlier. The One of the owners of the bar was a veteran and... Every so often, some of his long-lost veteran buddies come into town and hang out. And about every once a year, they all get together and have a big anniversary party, so to speak. And they all get drunk. And, well, apparently there's one guy that was Special Forces. I don't know if, I honestly, I don't remember if it was Willie or if it was if he was just involved um, with Willie's. But... Ian brought a fifth of this along and Andy, our, the owner and, and brewer there was kind enough to let me take a little sample um, with them. And when I went out there, I knew I had to find it. Uh, I actually had made a deal with the gentleman that brought it. Um, if you are a longtime listener, if I can find what episode it was. Um, you'll remember when we did the, we did the, uh, Ava Gardner oh, yeah. whiskey yeah. where they only made 1600 bottles of mm -hmm. very local to the Charlotte area. Um, that was episode 29. 
Um, I actually bought a second bottle of that after talking to this gentleman because he said he would trade me one bottle for bottle. Mm-hmm. And so the he, he mentioned he was coming back out for a race. Um, ended up, he came back out, forgot the bottle. And mm. so mm. I ended up just, I, since it had come, it was something I purchased separately. I didn't buy it from the podcast funds. Um, I ended up passing it along to some folks that I know really enjoy whiskey and they had tried the previous Ava Gardner after we did and they had liked it. So I passed it on to them so that they can enjoy it. And so that is how I know Bighorn bourbon. So I made it again. I made it a mission when I was out in Montana and out that way to do everything in my power to find this. And lo and behold, I was able to find it in, Little shooters, which, which allowed me to buy a couple extra whiskeys instead of just one or two large bottles. Yeah. So Willie's Distillery uh, is a small batch distillery located on Main Street in picturesque Enos, Montana, on the banks of the fabled Madison River. Our mission is to make world-class spirits for world-class individuals. We use fresh mountain water straight from the source and find our grains and ingredients from small Montana farms and growers, ranging from a local apiary. Hmm, I don't know how to say that. A local apiary to the barley fields of the Montana High Line. Each bottle is handled and filled with care. They say the smaller the town, the more time slows down. We're okay with that because you can't, you just can't rush perfection. Um, so this does appear to be an extremely small distillery. Um, not a whole lot about them really at all. Um, it was established in 2010 by uh, Willie and Robin Blazer. Um and it currently is maintaining 13 products ranging from whiskeys to coffee liqueurs um, to vodka. They've got all sorts of different stuff. And the Bighorn Bourbon Whiskey is named for the Rocky Mountain Bighorn Ram. Um, let's see. And... This is concocted from a superior blend of fine bourbons. Um, so I originally brought back four of the shooters. And at some point during my travels, thanks to a hole in a plastic bag, lost one. So three came back, but... I figured that was probably ideal because that meant one and a half each. Typically, the airplane bottles are a little bit less than what I pour here. Um, just so happened to, I accidentally filled Megan's glass a little bit fuller than mine. So I did the old switcheroo there since she's Thank driving. You. Appreciate that. Um, Smell wise, first thing that hit me was crisp. And yeah. I'm definitely getting a crisp, probably apple fruit. I guess I would call it apple. apple. I'm getting um, 
like some grass, like some fresh cut yeah. grass type yep. smell. Um, and it it does have a bit of a burn your nose hair to it. Um, I wouldn't say it's like light your nose hairs on fire, but it's it's present, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah, more present than some of the ones we've done recently. I feel like. Uh, I. Other than the apple and the grass, I'm not getting yeah. much else. I get a little hint of uh, grainy every once in a while. Almost like a corn grain, kind of that sweet grain. I, I, mm. I, I get just a little bit of that. I feel like this is a very like flora uh, whiskey. I'm really only getting fruit. And grass vegetation type. I'm not not getting any candies or anything. Um, we are supposed to be smelling green moist wood chips. Okay, I can get that. Um, grape sherry, toasted hazelnuts, and fresh cut grass. Well, we got the grass. Yeah, we got the grass. I guess, I don't know. I was going to say, well, maybe some of that, but I guess I can do wood chips. I'm not getting grape um, at all. Like, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, me um, neither. But Tyler, you've had this before. Do you remember having it before? Do you? Um. Yes, I remember having it. I don't remember what I thought of it. And part of that's probably because uh, if truth is told, I didn't really have the time to gather my thoughts because I was working. <laughs> so. <laughs> Your secret's safe with me. And everybody that listens. You're now part of it. Um, so it was one of those, like, I just had to, like, real quick. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, um, so for me, one thing, sorry, it's making me salivate. <clears throat> one thing I first noticed, and this might just be a product of, it, it's been in my house, in my cabinet. Uh, it, it has gotten very cold here very quickly. But my house is still between 65 and 70, and it's very cold on the tongue. I don't think it's... It, I noticed, to me, it was very cold. I would say it's chilly on the tongue. I'm not going to go with it's cold okay, on the tongue. Okay, well, it's colder um, than room temperature. Yeah, colder it's, than room temperature, but there was one we had... I can't remember if it was last episodes or one before where it tasted chilled yes um it was not as far as that but yeah, that's immediately what came to my mind though. okay um what immediately came to my mind was <laughs> um, oh lord i i'm sorry to any distillers or anyone listening i really have noticed a pattern and if your distillery does everything you really don't excel at anything um, and I'm sorry, I'm sure that's wrong. I'm sure there are some distilleries out there that have a smorgasbord of uh, 
different alcohols and they do great at all of them. Um, but the very first thing I thought tasting this is this doesn't taste like a bourbon. This just tastes like alcohol. Uh, that's interesting that you say that because I definitely, uh, okay. So I, I guess I shouldn't say the first thing that came to mind was that it was cold. The first thing that came to mind was, huh? Nothing. Yeah. Then cold. Yeah. And then it, it, it it got into some flavor, but as soon as it hit my tongue, there was, there was not much. That initial is just like, oh, um, I definitely get some sweet uh, right after that. After I realize it was cold, I get a little bit of sweetness. Um, and then the finish was, there was an intense burn in the mid, but it went away fairly, fairly quick. And then the finish was very earthy. Uh, I'll have to take another drink to try and pinpoint yeah. what it was. Um. I'm agreeing with you so far. Very, very bland. Um, like, it's hard to pinpoint any flavor that isn't just kind of like meh. Um, I get a little hint. I, can, I think I can see a little bit where they're coming with grape on really? the back end. Yeah, just a little bit. I would say it's very woody with a hint of grape on the back end. A very woody. I get that. I get the grassy. Um, very earthy, I would say. Like I struggle with the grass. Like, not just in this one, but just in general. That smell. Like, some people... Uh, uh, interesting, interesting uh, example of that is, like, I think there's a one, one uh, portion of Harry Potter where they're talking about the love potion and Hermione says she smells fresh cut grass and stuff like that. And it makes you smell things that, that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I don't really know what fresh cut grass smells like. Like I cut the grass all the time, but I just can't associate a smell with that. Really? You don't. Yeah. Oh, that's so I can, I can picture fresh. I know what fresh cut grass smells like. I can picture it, but I can't smell it. I mean, I can smell it. Like I, I know that that is a distinct smell. I I cut the grass so often and I can't. Huh. I've never paid attention and I'll have to. I wonder if it's because of your deviated septum. No, I I smell most stuff pretty well. I don't know. Honestly, I have a pretty good nose as far as as far as that goes. I just maybe I've never paid attention to it. Hmm. Um. So <laughs> the place where I'm getting the flavors from is another it's a whiskey uh reviewing site called whiskeyrising.com and this author is fucking fierce um <laughs> he is not or he she they are not um sugarcoating at all how they feel about this bourbon um so just first i'm going to tell you what we should be tasting um, and then I'm going to read for you word for word what they say because it's uh, it's pretty pretty Rude. intense, but I agree with it. Okay. So well, um, let's not put any cart any more carts ahead of the horses. Let's give it. Let's let it breathe. Okay. Throughout the episode, <laughs> I won't vote it yet. Um, opens up with eucalyptus. Um, Floral tones file in quickly. 
geranium, uh, da -da -da -da, corn, and alcohol burn. Uh, the finish is moderately cinnamon with uh, eventual transition into cocoa powder. But eucalyptus, yeah, what kind of crack is this person smoking? Well, th they say moving along to the palate, this bourbon yields a mild astringency. Bighorn initially opens up with a eucalyptus medicinal quality, not unlike vapor rub. This doesn't persist long, and floral tones file in quickly. Though I don't generally consume flowers, the flavor feels like geranium. Finally, Bighorn returns to a bit of normality as corn comes through at the end. Despite a well-rounded body and a sleepy 80 proof, Bighorn lacks a smoothness on the palate, additionally burdened by an alcohol burn. On the finish... Bighorn throws out some spice and leads with a moderate cinnamon. Despite eventually transitioning through cocoa powder, the final image of this bourbon resumes the alcohol from the palate. Though not a fierce burn, nor even overly de detracting, it's enough to be considered unwelcome. I feel like that's somebody trying to be pompous. Well. Uh, I don't. I don't put much stock in that review, just from the way they kind of tried to talk down. I mean, I did think it was very alcoholy to start, so oh, I can I, see where he's going at eucalyptus. I'm not disagreeing with the alcoholy, but I don't, I don't get eucalyptus at all. Eh. Maybe he's referring to the cold as that eucalyptus, but I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just don't agree with that description. I don't. It doesn't remind me of eucalyptus. It just reminds me of cold. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll uh, keep on sipping. We'll jump right into our topic this week, which is mine. Oh boy, where's my button here? <laughs> It's time for the wonder segment. <clears throat> so I am going to be straightforward with you guys. I found a topic that I thought was pretty cool this week, but sadly there just kind of wasn't as much information out there. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I could always have found more, but the information I found wasn't as long as I would like, didn't turn out to be as long as I would have liked it to have been. But... With that being said, we're going to jump into our first ever, uh, well, maybe not our first ever. Have you done anything inspired by a previous one you've done? Um, I can't remember if I've actually done anything or if I've just thought about it, wanted to and added it to my list. Okay. Well, this one was inspired by one that I've done previously. Which one? The American Mafia. Okay. Today, we're going to look at another criminal criminal organization that's very similar. But this time, we're going abroad. Oh, no. Where are we going? We're going to Japan. We're going to check out the Yakuza. Oh, snap. This was on my list as one that I might want to do. Was so, it really? Yeah. <laughs> get wrecked. 
Um, all right. So the true origins of the Yakuza don't appear to be known, but most sources agree that modern Yakuza come from the formation of two separate groups. Oh, and I'm going to butcher some of these words, guys. I apologize. I even practiced, but it comes from two separate groups, the Tekia and the Bakuto during the mid Edo period in Japanese history. The Edo period stretched from 1603 to 1867 and is typically characterized as a peaceful period with strict social order. Think Japanese feudalism. Uh, it also maintained policies of isolationist foreign policy. I'm sorry. It maintained isolationist foreign policies, economic growth, a stable population, and enjoyment of culture and arts. The first of the two groups, the Tekia, were people who primarily were wandering peddlers that traveled from village to village selling stolen and low-quality goods at various markets and festivals. The Tekia were considered to be lower than the four-class Japanese feudal structure. So let's talk a little bit about that feudal structure. At the top, you had your samurai. Then below the samurai, you had your farmers, fishermen. Then you had your artisans. And then last in the system were the merchants. The structure stemmed from Confucian ideals that emphasized, emphasized the importance of productivity. The military leaders, known as daimyo, were above the samurai, but they weren't considered part of the feudal system. Above the daimyo was the shogun, who was the most powerful daimyo, and the military leader. So here's a couple quick examples of some of the extremities of this social structure. Anyone that was below a samurai was required to show respect and to bow whenever a samurai would pass. If a farmer or fisherman didn't bow, the samurai was legally entitled to chop the farmer's head off. Um, farmers who actually were considered superior to most because they grew the food that the other classes relied upon, they were considered an honored class. Despite being an honored class, they were forced to pay extremely high taxes, such as giving all of their rice to the daimyo and waiting for him to give some back as charity. Okay. Yeah. People such as butchers executioners and others who performed unclean jobs were in this class and they were known as, Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped there. People who are people such as butchers, executioners and people who performed other unclean jobs were in the class known as barracumen, uh, as well as criminals, actors, prostitutes, and many others. Uh, this is the class that was beneath the feudal system. So they were below the um artisan uh I'm sorry, what, what merchants? Were merchants. Were yes, yes, merchants yeah. were at the bottom. Um the people that were of the Barracuman Barrac Barracuda. Yeah, Barracuman class were considered non human. Getting back to the Tekia, as I mentioned, they were part of the group that fell below the feudal system. 
During the 1700s, the Tekia began to organize themselves into various tight-knit groups under bosses, under various bosses. Around this time, they would begin participating in the typical organized crime activities, such as protection rackets and turf wars. At the time, or around these times, the Tekia would also begin serving as security during Shinto festivals, which is a tradition that is still continued to this day. Sometime between 19, I'm sorry, 19, 1735 and 1749, in an attempt to reduce fraud scams and to calm the turf wars between rival Tekia gangs, the Shogun government appointed Oyabun, who were officially sanctioned bosses of the Tekia. Oyabun translates to foster parent, signifying this position as the head of the various Tekia families. Interestingly, Oyabun were allowed to use a surname and to carry swords, something that was only allowed for samurai up to this point, and it gave, this, it gave the Oyabun near samurai status. The other group, the Bakuto, they were gamblers. The social status, their social status was lower than the Tekia, since gambling was and still is illegal in Japan. The Bakuto would move from town to town, setting up gambling houses and abandoned temples and tempting people with dice and card games. They would branch out from offering gambling games to loan sharking and other related illegal activities. Most of Japanese society tended to regard the the Bakutu, Bakuto, Jesus, I can't say this word, (laughs) the Bakuto with disdain because of the gambling. Members often had colorful tattoos all over their bodies, which directly led to the custom of modern-day Yakuza members having full-body tattoos. In fact, most of the most of the undesirable image of the modern tattoo, modern tattoo, Jesus. In fact, my contacts are failing me here. Like everything's blurring together. <laughs> In fact, most of the undesirable image uh, of the modern Yakuza, including the word Yakuza itself, can be traced back to the Bakuto. The Yakuza honors its roots by incorporating Tekia and Bakuto rituals in their initiations to initiation ceremonies. In fact, some of the gangs within the Yakuza today still identify with one of these original groups. So, for instance, if the gang's primary source of income is gambling, they may refer to themselves as Bakuto instead of Yakuza. Hmm. So let's go ahead and jump to the modern-day Yakuza now. In 2007, the Japanese government estimated that there were around 102,000 Yakuza members in Japan and abroad with more than 2,500 different families. The Yakuza recruit members from all walks of life, and they typically target junior high and high school students to be street thugs. The Yakuza, uh, they like to romanticize the act of joining by telling tales of how the Yakuza accepts sons who have been exiled or abandoned by their parents. Um, There was a... Official end of discrimination. There was an, uh, aye, 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 how, how, why did I write this like this? Despite the official end of discrimination against the Barracuman 
1861, many current gang members claim to be descendants from that class. Other members are ethnic Koreans who tend to face substantial uh, discrimination in Japan. Oh, Lord. Kyushu is the largest source of Yakuza members. Kyushu is an island in southern Japan. And I'm going to take a drink here. All right. Um, I'm interested so far. I wonder is if this island is like um, Detroit, like it's dangerous or? I don't know. I have watched uh, James May, our man in Japan, and he I think he went all over Japan, so I'll have to go back and rewatch that. I don't remember, but I know he went there last. Um Yakuza groups are still headed by an Oyaban, also sometimes called a Kamicho, which basically means a family head. The Oyaban gives orders to his Koban or subordinates, and they act on the Oyabun's orders. Yakuza members must serve, must sever their relationships with their family and become completely loyal to the Oyabun. The organization is primarily made up of men, and the Yakuza refer to each other as father and also elder and younger brothers. Typically, the only women acknowledged as members are the wives of the Oyabun, and they are referred to as Anesan or older sister. I think that's how you say that, Anesan. Much like the American Mafia, the organization is very complicated, but it's basically broken down as follows. At the top, head of the entire Yakuza is the Oyaban slash, slash Kumicho. Directly beneath him uh, is the Sayako Komon, who is the senior advisor. And there's also the So Hanbuko, or the headquarters chief. So those are both directly beneath the top guy. Um, the Wakagashira, Shira, sorry, Wakagashira, is the second in command and governs governs several gangs within a region with the help of a Fuku Honbucho, who also is responsible for several gangs. Each regional gang is then governed by a local boss, the Shatai Gashira. Each person is responsible for a gang, each person who is responsible for a gang or several gangs in the case of the Wakagashira typically has their own group of underbosses, advisors, enforcers, and accountants. Excuse me. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme of yeah. illegal activity. I mean, I think a lot of gangs are like a pyramid scheme of illegal activity. The largest Yakuza syndicates that are currently operating as of 2019 are the Yamaguchi Gumi, based in Kobe. Is that how you said Kobe? Kobe? This faction includes around half of all Yakuza members in Japan. The second largest, with about 20,000 members, is the Sumiyoshi Kai from Osaka, followed by the Ingawa Kai of Tokyo and Yokohama with 15,000 15, members. 
Shinobu. Oh, Lord God. <laughs> Shinobu Tsukasa. It, it, I'm going to go with the T is silent like tsunami. Okay. So it's Shinobu Tsukasa, uh, who was born with the name Kinichi Shinoda, is the current Oyaban for the Yamaguchi Gumi. And here's a quick little fun fact about him. Uh, he and I share the same birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> Not the same year, though. No, he's far older. Like... 52 years older than I am. Okay. Yeah, he's about to turn 80. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's the old crime boss. Yeah. The Don Leon. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do, yeah. but, you know, don't <laughs> don't judge me too hard. Uh, the Yakuza typically engages in international crimes such as arms smuggling, human trafficking, and drug smuggling. But it does hold significant amounts. Significant. It does hold a significant amount of stock in very large and legitimate corporations. Many Yakuza gangs have close ties with the Japanese business world, including the banking and real estate industries. Rutro. Despite the Yakuza being involved in the drug trade. The Yamaguchi Gumi, that largest sanctioning or largest faction, it strictly forbids its members from engaging in drug trafficking, while others, such as the much smaller Dojin Kai, heavily or are heavily involved in it. So it's kind of a gang by gang basis as to pick your pick your pleasure as far as business goes. Mm. Despite being involved in a multitude of criminal activities, the Yakuza have also helped the public on various occasions. After the 1995 Kobe earthquake, the Yamaguchi Gumi, who, as I mentioned before, are based in Kobe, immediately mobilized itself to provide disaster relief, including use the use of a helicopter. This was widely reported by the media and contrasted with the slow response of the Japanese government. Oof. The Yakuza also sprang into action in 2011, after the Tohoku, Tohoku, Tohoku earthquake and tsunami that devastated the Fukushima nuclear facility. We all probably remember that one, mm -hmm. if you're of a certain age. Uh, the Yakuza sent dozens of trucks with supplies to the affected area, as well as opened their offices to refugees. Oh, wow. That's part of how they pitched this to new people, is they were... Uh, a f I believe the term was feudal tax uh, on the citizens hmm. or on Japan. Recently, the Japanese government's cracked down on the Yakuza in the last few decades. Um, in 1995, the Act for Prevention of Unlawful Activities by Criminal Gang Members was passed. That is a mouthful. I bet it sounds better in Japanese. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> This act made traditional racketeering much more difficult in Japan. Um, in 2008, from what I could best tell, it wasn't really enforced that much, though. Uh, but in 2008, the Osaka Securities Exchange purged all of the listed companies that had any ties to the Yakuza. And in 2009, the police finally began cracking down on the Yakuza and arresting several very high-ranking members. Uh, despite... The recent shunning by communities, the Yakuza are still operating. So essentially the public has kind of turned their back on the Yakuza and very okay. 
don't we don't we don't support them um but that they're not deterred the japanese legal system actually doesn't have an equivalent to uh the us uh, the the in the US we can do a plea bargain or we can send people yeah. to witness protection and Japan does not have an equivalent for that. Oh. So what that means is that if you get a lower level criminal, you can't offer him any kind of deal to have him to testify tell on against his boss. Yeah, essentially. So what motivation do you have to Yeah, especially if they can't protect your family? Uh-uh. Yeah, you're you're just donezo. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about Yakuza traditions. I touched on a little bit earlier, but, um, most members of the Yakuza have full body tattoos. The tattoos are not done with a normal tattoo gun, but with traditional bamboo or steel needles, which are hand poked. Yes. This process is more expensive and painful and can take years to complete. Yes. It's really cool to watch people do this. There's something that I put in here and then I took it back out that they do with the tattoos too, but some of them tattoo their genitalia Ooh. as well. So it is full body, y'all. Um, members typically keep their tattoos covered in public by wearing long sleeves, but they do remove their shirts when playing cards with one another in order to display the body art, a tradition that dates back to the days of the Bakuto. One of the most common associated, one of the most common traditions associated with the Yakuza, and this is something I had never heard of, is the tradition of Yubitsume. And I'm not going to say that word again. It is the tradition of cutting one's fingers off. The Yakuza use this as a form of penance or apology. For a first offense, the transgressor is required to cut the tip of his left little finger off and present it to the boss or those who he offended. I'm sorry. I paused there. Cause I'm looking at Megan over there, like freaking out about her finger. Oh, I just, am, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. Getting cut off. It's it's, I saw a couple of pictures and they've, they've got like short thing, short little fingers. Mm. Um, in certain cases, an underboss will commit ubitsume to the Oyabun in order to spare a member of his own gang from further retaliation. So essentially his, your boss is covering for you by sacrificing his freaking finger. Um, so the origin of this tradition comes from the traditional way of gripping a samurai sword. The bottom three fingers of each hand are used to grip the sword tightly while the thumb and index fingers are slightly loose. The removal of digits starts with the little finger and moves up to the index finger, progressively weakening a person's sword grip. This is very symbolic because a person with a weak sword grip is forced to rely more on the group for protection, which reduces individual action. Hmm. Although prosthetic fingertips have been developed in order to disguise the loss of a pinky, this tradition has begun to wane in the younger members since it makes them easily identifiable to the police. Man, what about the dude who accidentally just chopped off his finger, like, cleaning the lawnmower? <laughs> Sucks to suck. <laughs> um, so that is that is where I got with the Yakuza. It was 
truth be told, you would think there would be a ton more information out there. Mm-hmm. And there probably would be if I read a book or something, but I don't have that kind of time or attention span. So <laughs> for books, you'll have to wait for my topics. Exactly. If you want to do a part two, feel free. I almost did I, I almost did a part two for yours. By the way, we need to talk about that off off air. For mine. Yes. For my what? What episode? I'll tell you off air. Oh, okay. Well, now I want to know. What did I leave out? Oh, it, was it um, Elvira? No? Okay, because I left out a lot of her story. Oh, yeah. I said that. I was writing something down, and I said that completely off mic. Um, Curious. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, now I know that was a little bit short of a topic, but I am going to make up for it here. Trivia with Tyler. So I just took and put a drop of whiskey or water <laughs> in my whiskey. Put a drop of whiskey in my whiskey, y'all. Yeah, I'll put a drop of whiskey in my water. Um, so <sighs> this trivia with Tyler is going to be a little bit different than most. Most I have a factoid that I read you. Yeah. Um, this one is a little more based on personal experience. Uh-oh. What's going on? And I don't have a, I don't have a factoid to read you. So I've got a little bit of a story to tell you, and then I'll get into my factoid. Um, so I mentioned earlier that this whiskey, that vacation was going to come up again in the podcast. Yeah, I was so. wondering how the Yakuza tied into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so while we were on vacation, we ended up in Bozeman, Montana. We went to the Museum of the Rockies, which if you're ever out that way in Bozeman, I would highly recommend it. It was incredible. They have the most complete and I believe largest T-Rex skeleton in North America, which was awesome. But while we were there, we went into the planetarium and watched a um, presentation or a video or whatever on the... Voyager spaceship, the one that we shipped out to take pictures of the gas giants on Mm -hmm. the outer portion of our solar system. As we got to the end of it, and this this is going to probably make several people that watch this be like, really? Anyway, as we got to the end of it, they mentioned Voyager's golden record. I had no idea this existed. The golden records are two phonographic rec- phonograph records that were included both included aboard both Voyager spacecrafts launched in 1977. There are instructions in picture form of how to build an instrument to play the records. It is made of gold so it shouldn't corrode. And they have put, they've recorded sounds and images selected to portray the diversity of life and culture on Earth. And it's intended for any intelligent extraterrestrial life that may find them as a time capsule of humanity. That's really cool. I had no idea this was a thing. I was in tears in this thing. (laughs) 
And like Shelby looks over at me and she's like, are you crying? And I was like, was that not fucking beautiful to you people? Like Jesus Christ, like this is going to be here. It's going to be out there. It, it We've lost contact with Voyager. It's, it's, it's gone. Yeah. It's going to deep space. It's going to be out there longer than humanity is going to be here. Mm-hmm. That is our, that is our fingerprints on this universe. Mm-hmm. At least some of them. And you know, if that's not beautiful to you, then I, I don't know how to speak to you, but yes, I was teared up over this stupid. In my opinion, it's very significant. Very, it's very beautiful significant. Thing. I don't think I've ever seen you. Yeah. That was get Yeah, teary-eyed. I know. And, and I, that's what I'm saying. You people are going to be like, Until really? You died. <laughs> I'm the freaking most stoic person. <laughs> and it's stupid stuff like that. That gets me. That's like, God damn it. That's fucking beautiful. Whoever thought of that. Props to you. But anyway, that's my trivia with Tyler today. That is beautiful trivia with I, Tyler. I've been holding that one for this specific uh, whiskey Aww. because it relates. So on that note, that was beautiful. Well, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. So we're going to go ahead and move on now so I can collect myself. Mail time. All right, so I mentioned we do have uh, an email this week. So, Megan, go ahead and uh, let her rip. All right, so I have to pull it up on my phone as Tyler takes a drink. All right, well, if you want, I've got it right here. I can move it, so maybe you can read it if you can read that far. Uh, I cannot read that far. I have bad eyesight. I All right, well, I'm going to talk about this whiskey here because I have not had it since I put a drop of water in there. All right, I got it. Dear... WNW, do an episode on Kilanovas. Sincerely, Sam. I thank you, Sam. It is on my list. It is also on my list, so we're going to be fighting for it, apparently. Yes. Um, I did not know what a Kilanova was and had to look them up, so... I didn't either, and they actually slot perfectly with some other stuff that um, I want to do that also involves... Say no more. I'll take it off my list. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll do that, like, as a recent one. Or not recent, but a a soon. Soon? Coming soon. Coming soon. Yeah, maybe that'll be a a one coming up real soon, because I'm in a space mood. I bid my nails space like I'm in an outer space mood. So, well, I, well, that's good because I tied in a good space trivia with Tyler too. Yeah. So even yeah. better. Um, Sam, thank you. We appreciate the suggestion. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for sender- sending us a mail time. Yes. That made our day. And it was just a real quick sentence. That's yes. all you guys need to do. You don't need to send us stories. Just, hey, do this. If ev- Goodbye. If everybody sends us an email like that, I will be so happy. I will explode. You might not Same. see it here, but inside, 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 yes. he's going to be crying. Yes. I'll be physically crying. See, so if you want this, to see it, you can look at me. There we go. <laughs> Two halves to equal one whole. Yes. Um, uh, anything else? On I that? think that was our only mailbag. That was, our, that was it. So we're going to, let's give some, let's, let's wrap up this whiskey then. Final thoughts. 
Did you put any water in there? I did, and you missed it, but anyone on camera, I'm sure, catch could catch it. Uh, I put a water drop in it, I took a sip, and I went... Because it was horrible. Did not like. Watching your face. I already had it. Uh, I'm oh. sorry, I didn't talk in the mic. I already had had it with a uh, drop of water. Uh, it, it just reduced the burn a little bit for me. Oh, it made it bitter to me. I didn't really get that. I think we're... Uh, I, I just think our palate on this one, we're getting different things. Apparently. It made... The water for mine made it really bitter, like um, biting into like an orange peel type, just like... Ugh. Bitter. All right, I can see a little bit more bitter on the front end, but uh, honestly, I yeah, I like it a little better with the water in it. All right, well, good on you. So, I, I hesitate to ask, but it's a two. It's a two. It is a two. Sorry. Willie's Distillery. Damn. Got to focus on one thing and perfect that one thing. Don't make 13 mediocre things. Well, uh, that is very solid. That's why we only do Whiskey and Wonder. We have one above average thing. (laughs) 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 Uh, Um, All right. So... I take it you like it more than a two. Oh, yeah, a lot more than a two. Um, okay. I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to put it into words exactly. Um, mm-hmm. This, to me, is a just flat-out versatile whiskey. Middle of the road. Okay. I would mix it. I would have it straight. I would have it like this. It's not it's not incredible, but it's not the worst thing I've ever drank either. Okay. Um I can have it chilled, mix it in. It it, it does its job, no more, no less. Okay. I would use it as a mixer to get rid of it. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going with just because I know that there are in this price point, there are better things I can get. I believe this price point's about 40 to $50 if you happen to be out West. Um, just because I know there are better things I can get in this price point. I think I'm going to have to go with a four and a half. That's not great. Well, it was going to be a five, but the fact that I can go get Woodford Reserve double oaked on sale for $51. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't hold a candle to yeah. Woodford. Yeah, so I, I knocked a half a point off right at the end just for just for thinking about the cost. Okay. So, like I said, it, it, to me, it was the most, one of the most average ones we've done. Yeah. And I'm a plain Jane person. I like average. More than most, so. Mm. I just didn't like it. Well, fair enough. Each, each their own. Yeah, I, it was, it was too alcoholic. I like what that review said, where it was like eucalyptus vapor rub. It was just 
I didn't get a whole lot of flavor. It was just meh. It just tasted like alcohol. I was not a big fan. I'm I still don't get that. I get a very crisp and a little bit sweet and oaky. I I get those very prominent flavors. But nope. everybody's different. Everybody's yeah. tongue is different. Yep. That Mouth is true. hole is different. So anyway, um anything else we need to cover today or uh no yeah i feel like i feel like we're missing something but i can't think of what it is yeah i think it's because we're out of practice we we missed a week and yeah we might be thrown off you guys can see me if you're on youtube see me clean my ear out scratch an itch there (laughs) (laughs) well my ear was itching sorry reasons Um, to be on youtube watch tyler check out my braves uniform that's a little little snug (laughs) let let me suck it in there there we go There we go. I bought this when I was about 30 pounds lighter. (laughs) Hey, it's eating season. I've got to get through it, and then I'm going to really start. Okay. Trying. That's fair. It is eating season. Oh, yeah. We just, uh, uh, yeah, interestingly enough, I just made plans about Thanksgiving today with my family, and I'm going to have to, uh, I'm not going to have to. I volunteered. I'm going to smoke some turkey breast, smoke. Uh, pork shoulder, and we're going to do a honey or brown sugar glazed ham. Yum. And I'll make my homemade mac and cheese as well. Yum. Yep. So I got a lot of cooking to do around Thanksgiving. You enjoy. That sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there'll be leftovers. Um, Maybe we'll talk offline but maybe we can figure something out about that week as far as recording goes yeah um anyway guys i reckon right. we're going to get off here we're a little bit a little bit shorter than normal probably because my episode was short but that's okay that's all right they know what they get with tyler they know what they get with megan there we go all right thank you guys so much for sticking around thank you guys for being okay with uh missing last week for halloween um we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Please rate us, review us, email us. Um, have a good night. Thank you guys so much. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. God damn it, that's fucking beautiful.